my simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversations Masterclass. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For you, it may be the size of your paycheck. Mine is inspiring people to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories and start writing their own or writing your own. People always talk about the purpose or your gift. If you have a gift, leave with your gift and don't let your friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dream. My next guest is a dear friend, Chef Jannard Wells. He's an award-winning TV host, celebrity chef, best-selling cookbook author, and best known from numerous appearances on the Food Network and Cooking Channel shows. He's the host of New Soul Kitchen Remix on Clio TV. He's the co-host on The Best Thing I Ever Ate, which I hate to watching him on there because it just makes me mad because the food <laughs> looks so good. He's already a great chef. But then when he's talking about it, he has, a, he has, he has all the right terminology to make you want to reach through the TV and grab it. Did you see him on the cooking channel? New Soul Kitchen is preparing for a new season after winning three national awards in his first season. The show is geared towards the black millennial woman because of their unique style of preparing food compared to the previous generation. We'll talk about the show's direction and being more health conscious for today's healthy lifestyle and his new cookbook coming out November 1st. Southern Inspired, more than 100 recipes from my American table to yours. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations Masterclass, Jannard Wells. How you doing, sir? Hello, thank you for having me. I am doing good. You know, hey, I think you 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 got it down packed. I've spent so much time with you on the introduction. So. Well, I, I well, first of all, you know, um, I, I got to share a kitchen with you uh, several weeks ago last mm-hmm. year in December, and got to watch how gifted you really are. You know, and how simple you make something that looks difficult, and it really. You know, it really is an art form. And so it's like anything, you know, if Jordan walks on the floor, you know, you're just going to say, 
you know, the, the king on the floor. Same thing with LeBron. So I play around in the kitchen, Chef Janard Wells. You the king, brother. I bow Thank down. you. I received that. You know, hey, it's just time and time and practice and practice and practice. But look, you know how to throw down. So I, <laughs> I, I came and ate even with you doing the holiday. So I know what you can do. <laughs> you know, what, what really amazed me was how you were able to take cabbages. You know, and it, it, I'm going to make this big announcement. All right. I planted my new garden this weekend. I put cucumbers mm. down. I put collard greens down, cabbages, Brussels sprouts for the very first time. I put the sweet banana peppers, jalapeno, green, yellow, bell peppers. I got uh, my, my my husky uh, cherry tomatoes on the back row, mm-hmm. along with my beefsteak tomatoes on the back row. And then I added a row of strawberries back there. And then I got a row of uh, cantaloupes and a raw watermelons. So, you know I'm ready. I'm ready. When, when you hear it, because the reason, the reason I'm bringing up that, because you talk about healthy food living, because that's a good way to invite yourself into that healthy lifestyle because I'm not buying products that I traditionally buy in the store, which some people shy away from because of the fact that they feel that there's a lot of pesticides being used. They're not being, they're not being sold to the general public in a healthy format. Mm-hmm. Talk about that, Chef Janard Wells. You know, one of the biggest keys is that this is so smart, what you're, what you're doing with your, your space creatively growing it because it's all about knowing what's in your food. And, you know, we, 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 we've heard time and time again, well, my, 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 my grandparents, my great-grandparents, they ate this and they lived to be 80, 90 years old. And what's the difference? Now, it is what's being put in the food and what's being put on the food. So when you take time to even start growing your own herbs, your own vegetables. Now you truly know what it is that you're cooking and you control what's being put in it, which ultimately by doing it long enough, you change the outcome of what you're putting in your body and your family's body. Then also it's a, it's, it's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And the lifestyle is, is how do we bridge the gap of great food and keeping it health conscious at the same time? And that's right. one of the things that, I, I spend so much time teaching people on New Soul Kitchen, New Soul Kitchen Remix, and, and also how to do it in the fraction of the time. Well, that fraction of the time, what messed over me was when you did the cabbages. <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you something. I was sitting over there, you know, because like he tells you, he'll tell you, I think I can cook. You know, I can cook or bake until I get around people like him. Then I was like, I'm just staring, going, okay, that's how you really do it. So, when you look at that skill set, it's like anything, you know, it's like shooting free throws if you're an athlete. It's like, you know, running for a touchdown pass if you're a wide receiver and an athlete. Is it something natural? Because you know your mom was a pastry chef. Where did this talent start to become an honest gift for you that you wanted to pursue, Chef Janard Wells? You know, one of, one of the biggest things is my mom was a pastry chef and my father was a chef. And when my parents made the strategic decision to move us from Chicago, where I was born and raised the earlier part of my, my life, to Mississippi, where my great-grandparents owned 200 acres of farmland, it was a bit of a culture shock, I have to tell you. Right. Mm-hmm. But what it instilled in me, having the opportunity to be raised on a farm and and cultivate uh, crops, uh, livestock, uh, the smokehouse that my great-grandfather used to smoke hams and turkeys in. Oh, so amazing. 
And spending that time in the kitchen with my mother and father cooking, you know, it wasn't that they were instilling in me, uh, Jannard, you, you need to cook. It was a way of life because we know food bridges people together. And the community was always migrating around us because our house, our family was always known as the cooking family. And the, and the biggest thing was what I loved about it is the reactions people give when they eat great food. Right. And that's one of the things that made me want to gravitate into going into culinary arts in life uh, later on is because the art form of how it makes people feel when you're cooking something good and just the art of breaking bread. You know, it's it's a it's a whole ritual around it. You think about it, hey, when when people are celebrating, hey, we got a promotional job, let's go out to eat weddings. Right. It's all about the reception, you know, or just having gatherings over. And that's what really made me fall in love with cooking was the the process of how once I go through instilling who I am how it made people react to it. You know, it's really interesting. And it started early. <laughs> right, absolutely. When I look at a talent, because you are a talent, and we know that uh, especially cable TV and now streaming TV have made celebrities out of chefs. And you are a celebrity mm-hmm. chef. Uh, you know, when I represented, I represented many talented people in life, most notably Steve Harvey, currently represent mm-hmm. Stephen A. Smith. When I would take Steve Harvey to the Today Show or Good Morning America or whatever show, you know, there was a certain reverence they were excited about. Wow, Steve's here. And so when I see you on TV, you're becoming that star. That that How are you welcomed on these shows? And are you starting to feel they knew who I am? Because, you know, when you get on the show, you just happen to be on the show. <laughs> now you're starting to be on these shows so often, they kind of know who you are. And there's a certain level of expectation, especially from the producers of these TV shows. Talk about that change in your brand as well. Yes. And, and over time, the, the brand has truly grown where when I where we don't have to reach out to these networks to have me on their shows. Uh, What's today? Good morning, America. They reach out to they reach out to my to my team and I. And it really feels good walking on the show and, and being at a point in life where the brand and my culinary point of view speaks for itself, because for so long, people always wonder, OK, what is his unique style? What is his his way of cooking? What message is he bringing? And, and, and ultimately, we know, hey, it's now, um, it went from the chef of love to the family chef because yes. it's about showing people how we come together with food. Mm-hmm. But with my new book that's coming out that you, that you mentioned earlier, Southern Inspired, My American Table, I am diving into it a lot further in explaining how our art of cuisine, especially from the African-American culture, contributes so much to the American table and what we see. Mm-hmm. You know, and I even give, uh, I outside of giving amazing recipes that I created with my family growing up and even enrolling in, in over to now with my children, I even give history explaining about, like, why we use okra. You know, okra is one of those ingredients that's truly indigenous to the African culture. And okra is one of those ingredients or or vegetables that came over when slaves was brought over because they didn't know where they were going. They wouldn't know if they were going to have food to eat. So you know what they did? They hid the okra seeds in their braids. So when they came over, they were able to plant and start growing these. And okra is normally used as a 
thickener for stews, for gumbos and things nice. like that. And these are things that I, I talk about and I share in Southern Inspired and why we cook the way we cook and love the food that we love. Last year, I grew okra in my garden. And that's a tough little plant there, man. I mean, I, I was is. like, I was like caught off guard. I said, this is a tough look. You really have to, you know, <laughs> really have to saute and it slowly. It's not mm -hmm. something you just throw in there because to get it soft, you have to know that background about it. And so, because I was naive about it, and that's the great thing, like you're talking about, you're talking about the history, where it came from, why it is the way it is because of our ancestors used it, knew it was a sturdy crop, knew what it was purpose because I love, you know, okra and tomatoes. That's my favorite right there. I've mm -hmm. always had yeah. it made. So, you know, my smarty pants say, well, you know, <laughs> I got tomatoes, I got some okra. Man, I went out there, grabbed that okra, and said, man, this is some hard okra. <laughs> and I had to learn and educate myself. And so even though you can do these gardens, if you don't know the history, doesn't know the relationship of what this food is about, it also can temper your success in the kitchen. And that's what your cookbook is going to help us get through. Yes, it is. It's so true. While while making you knowledgeable and giving you the educational piece on, as they say, how do we know where we're going if we don't know where we came from? Right. And, and seeing the creativity of the unique food, even all the way down to grits. We know, especially when we think about shrimp and grits, hey, they derived from Charleston, South Carolina. But one of the cool things was the African culture, mm -hmm. they were growing, they were growing grits. Grits and they were growing the wheat, the barley. You know, at one point they were producing some of the rice and everything else. They was producing enough crops coming out of South out of South Carolina where it was enough to fund the United States. Wow, that's how much. And they were important. We were thinking that hey, when we hear about rice, we think about uh, coming out of Asia and that being the biggest the biggest um, import exports. But at one time. That freaking Carolina gold rice, it was sweep, sweeping the nation where we were we were supplying those countries with it. And it, and we had we we possessed such a skill where we mastered the art of how to grow it and grow it phenomenally well and keep it growing to this day. Right. We'll be right back with more money making conversations masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money-Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now, when you think about all these things, you know, putting together a book, because it says 100 recipes, more than 100, it says more than 100 delicious recipes from my American table to yours. You've been doing this for a long time. You've done books in the past. What separates this book from the previous books, and how did you start? Because people have asked me to do you know, cookbooks. And I, I sat down, I started doing it. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It, it is. <laughs> it is. It's definitely a lot of work. I, I have to admit, mm -hmm. this this has been probably my my longest project on writing and creating a book because we've really done it. We really wanted this to be a, a masterful, masterful piece that I created. And of course, the difference is all of my books, I've put out a, a total of over uh, five different books. And over the course of those years of creating those books, one of the things is, is I wanted to tell a story. I wanted to tell the story around creating 
these recipes. I wanted to tell the story of how they were born, what, what made them come about. And then also not to mention, my other books were self-published. And this one is actually, I signed a publishing deal last year. So this one is actually going to be nationwide, national through an actual I mean, he, I mean, he got a check, y'all. We got a check. <laughs> they gave him a check. <laughs> and then, the, remember, he said, remember he said he worked the hardest ever because they gave him a check up front. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look. Hey, hey that, that, that's a motivational fact, we must say. But the thing is, <laughs> one of the key things, when we talk about money-making conversations, as they always say, you don't have to wait you don't have to wait for a seat at the table when you can build your own table. And I learned that early in the game mm-hmm. when I didn't have a brand, I didn't have a name, but I was a chef and I had great recipes and I didn't have the opportunity to, to for a, a major publisher to pay attention. So I started writing my own cookbooks. I started sending them through copy editing to make sure that it was done right. And then after I wrote those books, self-published them, I had, I got out and beat the pavement and marketed and sold my books to the point of where I made Barnes and Noble pay attention to me as a self-published author because I was generating sales. Right. So all those things played a, played a major part in when a major publisher approached me, I actually had something to bring to the table to show, hey, if I can do this by myself in my own manpower, imagine what we can do together. Mm-hmm. And so, so it's true. It's true. It's truly been a blessing on, on just really just bringing forth this. And the other recipes were recipes in my in my previous books right. were recipes that I learned that I picked up from traveling around the world and different things. And this book, Southern Inspired, I really wanted to tap into the roots of, of my foundation and the style of cooking. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of people tend to say when, when you're talking about recipes and especially from your South and right. African American, oh, you, you, you cook soul food, right? No, I don't cook soul food. And, and this is the thing. Soul food, as I always tell people, soul food is American cuisine. Okay. Soul food is the, is the cuisine that the backbone of America was built on. When, when when slaves came over and they took their they, they took the culture and their recipes from African civilization and merged it with Western civilization, and hence this cuisine was born. If you think about it, during those times when our cuisine, when we were cooking and and, and feeding our cuisine to the masses as slaves, it was us in, in in the in the plantation houses cooking. It was our cuisine. But then when that cuisine, when they realized how great this cuisine was and this cuisine had a monetary value around it, it was stripped away from us. So when you hear, if you see me, a person will say, okay, it's soul food. But if you see anyone else that don't look like me, it would be considered American cuisine, which is one in the same. But it's about the person who's bringing that how we create these dishes. And they're not about all the heavy percussion that they say, cooking with fat back and all those different things. These recipes have been modified for today's healthy lifestyle. So you can, as they say, you can have your cake and eat it too. You know, when you say American cuisine, you say soul food, you automatically think high blood pressure, you know, diabetes. When you say soul food, American cuisine Mm -hmm. automatically feel Sound, sound white, sound cultured, sound like everything's mm-hmm. cooked correctly, you know, measured correctly. And it really is how people can define your your culture, define your eating habits, and and be eating the same thing. 
you know, cornbread, cornbread. That is so true. You know, rice, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Because I know, I remember, I remember a long time ago when I was growing up, you could go get uh, a chicken pie pie, three, four dollars. Three, four dollars, mm-hmm. chicken pie pie. And I remember there was this restaurant, so that same chicken pie pie, but they made it for $20. You know, $20 now. But that same chicken pie pie, because you, you're not, you not going to change still vegetables in there. It's still that chicken in there. It's still that broth in there. still that dough. You went over to Kroger's, three, four dollars. I went in this restaurant, $20. It's how you sell it. It's how you put it it's up. It's the you, presentation. It, it all is. Yep. And, and so in your book, you're telling us, hey, we're going to do it. We'll understand we're in a different time period, healthy, conscious eating, 100 recipes. Now, we talked about okra. We talked about, you know, what we ain't talked about yet is desserts now. You know mm. you got to tell us about what's coming out of desserts and that because you're going to get me mad. If you don't start talking about some dessert, I'm going to end this phone call because everybody knows I'm the dessert king. <laughs> yes, yes. And I have, look, there's probably about 30-some different recipes from, stra- from strawberry trifle cakes all the way down to our signature banana liqueur. Liqueur, banana pudding with my mom. Right see right there. See right oh. there. See, see what he's saying. Look. See, see what I'm saying. See what I'm saying. <laughs> see what I'm saying. Liqueur, liqueur, liqueur. See, yeah. I'm just a baked banana pudding guy. He ain't messed around. See, that's what happens when you when your mom a pastry chef, your dad a chef, two hundred acres. He's educated. Liqueur. I wouldn't even come to liqueur, but now he has a book. Well, this is what we're gonna do. When you when you when your book comes out, it's gonna come out November first, mm-hmm. correct? Okay. Yes, We're gonna correct. do a Facebook Live, a series of them. And I'm gonna have yes. fun with you. All that fancy stuff. He's gonna do the liqueur version. <laughs> the liqueur version of the of the banana pudding. I'ma do Richard McDonald's baked banana pudding. Slap your mama in the face, banana pudding. <laughs> and they both gonna look good, taste good, because we enjoy food. But it's all in how you deliver the message, correct? It is. It's all about the message. It's all about the message and the end result. And what I tell people, if I can show you how you can get the same end result by using this process and, and, and have and have an amazing tasting dish, there's no need to deviate because this is the thing. It was it wasn't until later on in life with cooking, we started doing all put adding all these extra additives and, and oversweet <laughs> and oversalting our food. If you think about it, when we originally was cooking, we were using the basis or bare minimum of fresh herbs, spices, granulated sugars, molasses, different things like that to, to get these enriching recipes. And somewhere along along the lines, we feel that hey, we could sub that out and put all this other stuff in. So this is all about showing you how you create great food with less junk. And on top of that, look, you know I'm always about putting time back in life because we got busy schedules. So my biggest model is showing you how you can create these dishes, enjoying yourself in the kitchen in a fraction of time. Because, Rochelle, you know, when our grandmothers and mothers used to go in the kitchen, they would be in the kitchen for hours. <laughs> and it was to the point they would be in there so long, you hungry, stomach growling, you you instantly thinking to yourself, I don't ever want to cook because yeah, it yeah, takes forever. Yeah. I don't want to go in the kitchen. But 
The reason why our grandmothers would go in the kitchen and stay in the kitchen for hours was to get away from my granddad. That was that was their relaxing point because they know I can go in here. I love it. I love it. This is Southern inspired, coming out November first. But you can buy pre-sale. That book will be available on Amazon, Target, Barnes and Noble website. You can go to buy the book right now. So it's important to get Mm -hmm. that out. But you have a couple of TV appearances coming up. I want to talk about that. Let's go into that. And then we're going to get into the New Soul Kitchen. That starts in several weeks in the New Soul Kitchen, New Soul Kitchen Remix. So let's talk about the upcoming TV appearances so we don't want to miss that. And then New Soul Kitchen. Yes. Um, April 20th, I'll be on the Today Show. Um, Al Roker and myself, we're going to be whipping up one of my signature dishes. Look how he just says that Al Roker and myself. See, Al Roker him good people now. This is just a shame. I remember him four years ago. He was barely getting on my little money-making show that I had, money-making conversation show I had in Houston. He was out there buying his product off of Whole Foods like he was actually selling them and convincing them that his product was hot. That was four years ago. Now, uh, I'll be on the show with Al Roker, you know. Not Mr. Roker. Not Mr. Roker. Al Roker. (laughs) You see? It's all about supply and demand. Like when you mentioned, like my products, whole cuisine is about supply and demand. I create, look, I created the demand and the supply. Now all I do is just supply because the demand is there. Love it. So you'll be on that with Al Roker, and then what after that? After after that, I'll be in St. Augustine, Florida, doing the, the St. Augustine Wine and Food Festival, Mother's Day weekend. What happens when you go there? You you cook and people sample it. They pay a fee to come into the festival. They can just sample different products. How does that work? Yes, typically when you go to the festivals, you 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 get a wristband. That wristband normally admits you in, where you get a chance to sample all of the signature wines, the the cocktails of this year. I believe we're going to have Maker's Mark on deck as one of the chief sponsors. We have Costello Wines that's gonna uh, that's gonna be in the house, and one of the things you get to experience outside of all of the signature wines, cocktails, and cognacs is we're doing a one of the opening nights. I believe is Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Um, Kat Cora, which is an Iron Chef, amazing. She's actually oh, Mississippi yeah. native as well. Myself and a series of other other chefs. We're doing a curated dinner. And for that dinner, one of the dishes that I'm doing is actually a shrimp and grits, but I'm doing a Riesling wine roux that's going to be overlaid over the shrimp and grit cake. And then we take the grits after you cook them up, infuse them with smoked gouda. We let them chill. We form them in the cakes, panko bread crumb them, and then flash fry them so they have that nice crispy crust on the outside, but ooey and gooey on the inside with the Riesling wine root cascading down the sides of the jumbo shrimp. Those are some things that we're going to be doing right there. And then also I'm going to do a, a, a live cooking segment on the, uh, on the cast, on the cat, on the cast iron, um, the cast iron skillet stage. So, and then there I'm going to make my signature New Orleans Creole barbecue shrimp. Stop, man. Just stop. Let's let's move on. See that see that see what told me he he didn't spank me, y'all. It's like, you know, it's like he hit the Jabbar hook shop on me. No, no, I couldn't block the shot. No, I was coming, but he just whipped me out of there. Now, New Soul Kitchen, new season, award-winning. You're out there doing your thing. I love the fact that now it's really your show, correct? <laughs> 
Yes, it is. Yep. New Soul Kitchen and New Soul Kitchen remix. Um, the difference in the two shows. New Soul Kitchen is more of the the slower pace and be like, okay, we're doing longer recipes and I take you step by step so that you can either cook along with me. Cause normally what I'll do on my social media page and on Clio, on Clio's, on my Clio TV social media page, what I normally do is we'll provide the recipes where you can cook along or after the show, because of the pace and rate that I cook it, you can go back and follow and create those dishes. And I love for for the fans and the viewers to recreate and then tag me in it, man, they put out some amazing stuff and it just feels so good inspiring them. And then New Soul Kitchen Remix, what a- AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. I do is for that fast-paced lifestyle. Hey, you, you, you're working through the week. You got a family or it's just you. That's significant. Other, you want to come and whip something up quick and fast. I give you simple ingredients that you can grab from the grocery store, whip it up in a fraction at a time, and guess what? You're eating good. You know what you're putting in your body, the whole nine yards. And if you like Rashawn, plant you a garden. You can just go and pick from it. <laughs> As usual, man, you're a fantastic man. Your communication skills are about food is like is as good as you cook it in the kitchen. You make it a, you you're what I call a consumable conversation. When I watch you talk about food, 
I'm consuming it, I'm eating it and enjoying it and want to sit down and really eat what you actually have talked about. That's the beauty and the gifts of your talent, Chef Janard Wells, man. And every time you bless me with the time to talk to you, again, my job now as a friend and also a person that I believe have mentored you to certain paths that you have been since I've been in your life is let's, yeah. let's make this book number one, brother. Let's make this book number one. Yes, okay. Yes, so, yes. So, hey, look, cause cause the um cause cause the write up you gave me, you know, it 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 blew it blew me out of blew my mind. Hey, the way you broke down kiss. <laughs> well, you know the thing about you, because you asked me to write it up. I know it caught you off guard. Yes. You said, Wow, you 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 mean everything you said? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, we're gonna, we gonna take this to the next level, man. And then look forward to seeing your TV. It was so funny. My my wife the other day, she said, We need to, we need to, we need to get to do, we need to do something with Chef Janard Wells. Do we have something that we, you know, she trying to figure out something to do with you, you know, because your yeah. talents are just so, so gifted and and so so massively um liked. And uh, and of course, yeah. you know, Kena, your wife, who I love to death, your family is awesome. Yeah. It's a it's an experience that because you know it's a package deal. You know, sometimes yeah. he there, but she there too, and that's all know, good. Right? That's all good. That's all good. <laughs> I love you, Chef Janard Wells, man. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation Masterclass. Absolutely, thank you, my brother. Looking forward to many more. Absolutely. And if you want to see or hear this interview, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. This week I sat down with award-winning actor, best-selling author, and entrepreneur, Hill Harper. He stopped by and talked about how his thyroid cancer diagnosis led to his role as a health and wellness ambassador, teaching everyday people how to live healthier lives. We believe that a lot of the root cause of cancer has to do with what we put on our skin. Our skin is the largest organ in our body. Mm -hmm. It absorbs everything mm -hmm. just as if you ate it. Your endocrine system, your liver, your kidneys have to deal with it. And they said the reason why it'll never be tested because the same companies that make the lotions that contain the aluminum, the petroleum, the parabens, and the oils and all these things, the same companies who make that are also the same companies that are the drug companies. Right. So they're never going to do a, a long-term study of the effects of their product. If you want to listen to this full interview with Hill Harper, it's available on moneymakingconversations.com. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. My next guest is Tiffany Halls. How you doing, Tiffany? Hey, how are you? Let's get it all out. You know, what do you do for a living, Tiffany? Because I thought you were going to be in studio with me. I thought so. But they said, you know, I you couldn't make it in. I'm not mad at yeah. you because you're my friend. You're my friend. You're my friend. <laughs> but tell yeah, us about the, where you at right now with your career. Um, you know, I am a real estate closing attorney um, in Atlanta. Yes, ma'am. Now, when you say that, because, you know, we've interviewed, I've interviewed you before, and you know my mm -hmm. whole fear about having a closing attorney because I, I signed a bunch of papers. I've been fortunate to buy a house in my life. And as a stack of papers, I know nothing about what I'm signing, but I'm told to sign. So can you yes. help? I'm sure there's a lot of you laughing at me. You laughing at me because you know this is this is a look that you get that people give you all the time. So that's a lot of trust I have to have with an attorney like you. So tell us exactly what are uh, they may be doing the same thing or signing? What are we signing? 
So it's not necessarily a lot of trust that you have to have with the attorney. It's just you knowing what you are agreeing to as far as the terms of the actual loan. And so as a consumer or as a buyer, if I'm purchasing a home, the number one thing that I'm concerned about is can I afford to purchase this home? Right. Is the interest rate going to be sufficient enough for me to be able to make my mortgage payments each month? Mm -hmm. Um, And so those are the important factors as a homeowner um, that I'm going to go over with you in detail. Like, hey, this is your note. And on your note, you know, it says your interest rate is 3.5 and your principal and interest is this figure. Right. But now on top of that, we have to add in your escrow for your taxes, your property taxes and for your insurance. And so although your principal and interest is this amount, your monthly payment will be this amount once we include those escrows. And so as a buyer, that's the most important thing, because you have to realize that when a lender is um, lending you money, Right. You're not signing anything in your favor. Everything is always going to be in the bank's favor. So if we make a mistake, you will correct it, buyer. Um, if something goes on, you will correct it. If you have done anything fraudulent, we can't foreclose. If you don't pay, we can't foreclose. So all of those terms are definitely going to be in favor of the lender. So it's just important for you to know what you're comfortable with uh, and what you can afford. And once you figure that out, um, the truth is you're either signing the documents and getting the loan or you're not. You can't negotiate anything. Well, you know, this is interesting because uh, we're going to talk about the show that you're a star on, the unscripted series on own ladies who list Atlanta. But one of the reasons I invited you on my show, the live show on WCOK was to just talk about it. Cause sometimes you can get lost in reality and TV. Is that what she does for a living? Is, they, is she play acting? Cause I really wanted to, because I know that wasn't the truth and I want to make sure Clarify that, but because you deliver a skill and a and a, and a that I am I wrong in this saying that's that not many African American male or female participate as closing attorneys. Um, there's a, there's a handful of us out here. Yes, so I wouldn't say that there's not a lot. There are definitely um, enough of us out here, and and actually. It's the area of law where you're starting to see more minorities right. um, enter in this area of law. So back, you know, five, ten years ago, you didn't see as many African-American closing attorneys. But now, like, I'm literally seeing them pop up everywhere around Atlanta, um, around this metropolitan, you know, city here. Um, but we're still a minority. We're still not. Um, the the main person that you see at the closing table, um, even in Atlanta. Tiffany, uh, you know, this interview is part of answering questions for Rashawn. <laughs> and people call in because an experience of how did you get started? Because you say you can go to school for this. You know, I, like I went to college and I started out as a, a civil engineer. Then I went over to chemical engineer and then I went over to uh, uh the math, I eventually got my degree in math and I minored out in um in the sociology. Was this what you wanted to do when you went to college? So when I went to I went to Savannah State University um undergrad and I major majored in political science and minored in English and my goal was to go to law school. Right. Now at that time I had no idea about transactional law. I had no idea about real estate closing. Didn't even know an attorney was involved when you purchased a house. 
uh, it wasn't until um, when I graduated, I ended up getting pregnant with my oldest son. And mm-hmm. instead of going to law school, I went and got my paralegal certificate and I applied to like a whole bunch of law firms. And the law firm that called me back was a real estate closing attorney's office. Oh, and that's okay. where I got my first job. Mm-hmm. And so that was the first time that I was ever, you know, even aware that there was law associated with purchasing homes. And that was back in 2006, 2007. Mm-hmm. And once I got into that arena and I started learning the process and how everything went, eventually when I went to law school, it's all I knew how to practice. And so once I graduated law school and took the bar, I just immediately um, you know, opened up my own firm and started doing the residential real estate closing. Now, Okay, now opening your own firm is is that a is that normal? I'm just ask, I'm just asking simple questions in my mind, you know, because that means mm-hmm. that you know you hear, hear the word firm, you know, they're all on TV now. They all got commercials out there, and you know they got billboards <laughs> that were strong arm of the law, and you know Morgan and Morgan, right. and you know they 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 they, they sponsor local news, which is shocking to me. You know how you can have a, a law firm sponsoring local news? I don't get that, but they do it. And so how do you compete with all that super hype that's going on, all this millions of dollars is being spent? How does your firm cut through all that clutter? Um, well, I, I never looked at it as a competition. Right. So mm-hmm. um, when I opened my firm, it was simply because I knew how to do everything. Um, and I paid $300,000 to go to law school. Why am I going to apply to a law firm, make $70,000, if that, um, and then have to work, you know, my ass off for everyone else? So the goal in my mind was, no, I did all this work. I know how to do this. So I'm going to open up my own firm. Now, I knew how to do all the real estate stuff, the practice, but what I didn't know how to do which actually builds um, my business. Right. And I still at that time wasn't like, oh, what am I going to do with all these big law firms? No, I was like more like, how am I going to find my way? What's going to benefit me? And I found the power of social media. Um, I have three children, so it's very hard for me to do traditional networking, Mm -hmm. um, like going to different places, lunches, shaking hands, giving out cards. It was very um, difficult for me to um, even kind of like put myself out there being in front of people like, hey, I just graduated law school. Here's my business card. But then when I found out that like my audience, the people that I want to do business with, which are real estate agents, they're all over social media. And of course, they want everyone to know that they're a real estate agent. So it's easy to find them. Right. And that became my niche and how I got my business. Now, I may not be the largest law firm out here, but the business that I do is enough for me. It's enough to employ um, 11 people. It's enough to, you know, take care of my family. And so for me, that's enough. There are people out here with lofty goals of wanting to be, you know, the largest closing attorney or not even closing attorney, any firm. Um, I just don't have those goals because, you know, a lot of my goals are now to just, you know, pour into my children. Um, So it's just all about, you know, what you want. And I just really never looked at anybody else to compare myself and what I'm doing to what they're doing. 
Now, when you when you look at first of all, when I when I hear the way you talk, that means that you walk through a lot of unknown situations with a lot of courage, because that stops a lot of people. A lot of people want their yes. dreams to be accomplished, but fear. The uh, not feeling comfortable, not not knowing, hey, is a paycheck waiting on me? Is it is that idea is going to work? Who's supporting me? How did you overcome the fear of the unknown before we go to break? Well, the big thing is you just mentioned is support. Um, so I am married. I have a husband um, who is a traditional husband in the sense that he pays all the bills. So it wasn't a situation where I was you know, deciding whether I'm going to pay my rent or open up my law firm. You know, I didn't have to think about something that some some people have to think about. So the fear of paying bills and all that stuff, that was removed because of the support that I had from my husband. Um, now, with that support, of course, you still have to have the focus and the mindset to actually go out here and get business and, and find ways to be successful. But I honestly couldn't have any of that without the support of of my family. That is that was that was paramount in me opening up my law firm. Now we got two calls for you right now. Be ready. Okay. Okay, Nikki I from Atlanta. Ready. How you doing, Nikki? Hi, Rashawn. How you doing? Great. Uh, we have Tiffany on the call. What is your call today about? Hi, Tiffany. I'm a realtor as well. I'm a realtor, not as well, but I'm a realtor and. I just want to give you props because, you know, we do look for closing attorneys that return our calls, that get the paperwork done on time, that do it right, have no issues with titles, et cetera. And you must be doing something right. So I really am calling in to just pat you on the back and say you must be doing a great job. And I'm going to look you up and see, you know, what's going on because we are always looking for a great, great closing attorney. So I just really want to call in and congratulate you. Well, thank you so much, Nikki. Sometimes this industry is crazy. If you're a real estate agent, then then you know. So we're always trying to do, you know, the best that we can to just make our way through the craziness of a real estate transaction. So it's always good. Um, to get that pat on the back, um, just to keep us going. You know, real estate is brutal. <laughs> you know, you know, she, she, it, it is. Uh-huh. I was going to say, it really is. And because you're dealing with, you know, such a large purchase, the um, the buyers or sellers can, you know, it's just an emotional roller coaster drive. Yes. <laughs> but, um, you know, if you have a good closing attorney, that can keep everybody staying at the table, you know, obviously you're doing something right. So good job. Well, yes. Yeah, so at our closing table, we have margaritas and wine. And so at some point, <laughs> that'll point keep you calm. That'll keep you calm. Relax. Yes. <laughs> Well, you know, the, the, you know, the thing when she called in, let me just roll back here a little bit because obviously, by her, Nikki's response, there are certain there, there are different type of closing attorneys. You try to bring levity and calmness and celebration to your closings. Yes. Right. And so now that's different. Now, what what makes you what makes a good? I may have asked this, but having her call in, what makes a really good closing attorney? Um, the uh, What really makes a good closing attorney is just the ability to relate to the party. Okay. Um, like I said, 
real estate is very emotional. The, the sellers are on high emotions. Right. Number one, they may be selling a home that they have like emotional ties to. Their kids may have been born there. They may have lived there for several years. And so although they may be walking away with a check, it's still a very anxious and emotional time for them. And for the buyers, you know, getting financing for a home is not easy. You go through a lot of ups and downs. The lenders take you through hell and back just to get the money, you know, to buy your home. So a lot of times once you get to the closing table, you're honestly exhausted. Now, you know, I have to bring you from that point of exhaustion to now realizing that this is a happy occasion for you. Let's celebrate home ownership. Um, let's celebrate the ability to purchase homes and sell them and create wealth for our families. And that's really what separates um, me apart from other attorneys, just my ability to relate to people on all levels. You know, I close your standard buyer and seller. I close celebrities. I close athletes. Um, and you just got to come to people where they are. And when people know that you can relate to them, it just makes for an easier transaction. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. You're articulate. You have three kids. You have a husband who has your back. You employ 11 people. You are very busy. I'm sure you do a lot of speaking engagements. How do you have time to do a television show on OWN that called that entitled Ladies Who List Atlanta? How did that come about, Tiffany? Because your schedule seems pretty robust. <laughs> my schedule is definitely busy, but <laughs> a lot of my schedule is surrounded with real estate. Yes. Um, the show is a real estate show, and mm-hmm. so... This is not, you know, Real Housewives of Atlanta or um, any show like that where I would have to actually change the trajectory of my life. This is about real estate and 80% of my life is surrounded by real estate. So it was an easy thing for me. This is not basketball wives, you know, this is not all that over there, you know, all over that. And we're not saying anything negative about Real Housewives of Atlanta. What she's saying is that she was invited to come on a show that aligned itself with her career and her background, what she does. Exactly. Real estate. So it wasn't like a fictionalized role or character she had to play or script script up. Basically, they're kind of like recording what you do for a living, correct? Correct. Exactly. Now the and other- I incorporated a lot of my family with filming okay. as well. Mm-hmm. And so it was just something that would align with my lifestyle. Now, with that being said, are you enjoying being no, no, being uh, noticed on the streets? Being what is that? And what is that participation in a TV show done for your brand? Um, it's a little weird for me when I go into public places and people know who I am and right. they're like, Oh my God, there's a celebrity and I'm like, I guess not, y'all. <laughs> they don't do that, Tiffany. They'll do the oh my God, do they? Oh my God I'm just I'm just <laughs> Tiffany. Or they want to take pictures and I'm like, no, I'm just this is I'm just Tiffany. I'm nobody I'm nobody special. You know, right. I'm just you know, just a regular person. Well, I'm going to tell you this. You're not a regular person because people want to call and talk to you on my show. We got another call. If you're ready for another call, Sandra. Sandra from Atlanta. How you doing, Sandra? You're on the call with Tiffany Halls, the very humble 
who doesn't like getting notoriety brought to you in public. Oh, my God, that's Tiffany. Oh, my God. Sandra, what is your question for the uh, humble and, um, uh, you know, she Regular. Regular, regular, regular Tiffany. Okay. Uh, can you guys hear me? I don't know, but I love the show she was on. I love her spirit. She's beautiful. And God is going to always continue to bless her and her family. But I had one quick question. I'm kind of embarrassed about this question, but I'm going to ask. Okay. Is it? I've always rented. I'm mm-hmm. almost 60 years old. Okay. And is the age factor a factor in first-time home ownership? Absolutely not. In fact, the benefit of actually purchasing a home as you get older is that in some counties, like Gwinnett, your large metro counties, they have senior exemptions for taxes where you don't have to even pay the school taxes on your tax bill. And that is okay. um, the majority of the tax bill. So if your tax bill is $4,000 and you get the senior exemption, your tax bill may go down to $500. And so now instead of escrowing um, based on a $4,000 tax bill, you're now escrowing based on a $500 tax bill. So your payment is even lower. So there's oh, wow. tons of benefits for purchasing you know, a home, even if you're not young. You still okay. have the ability to purchase something for your family. Yes, okay. Because I had thought about home ownership and then mm-hmm. I felt like well I'm too old I'm almost I work at home but anyway and I was thinking well maybe I can get something and put it in me and my daughter's name and would that be a, a something to consider because I know as time go on then she can just have it or however it just we both have our names on the deed is that a possibility Sandra let me just and Sandra 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 get, get that home in your name it's called a will you know get a will get a will Live your life, gusto, you know. That's one thing I always get on black people, African-Americans, about you are a special person. First of all, age should not be an excuse. Anybody listen to me, do not. If you're 70 years old, you want to buy a house, buy it. And you're able to buy it. 90 years old, if you look at a house while you roll it down the street and you're able to buy it, go buy it. Because that's what life is about. A life is about right. adventure. And, and no day is guaranteed. Come on, exactly. Tiffany. And no day is guaranteed. Wrap it up, yeah, Tiffany. You, you the motivator. Come on, Tiffany. Tell her. Tell her. <laughs> I'm just saying, if okay, I hear you. I think God. I hear you guys. Something uh-huh. else can something can happen to you at that young age. Um, I, I'm totally in agreement. Don't ever let age stop you from doing anything. Any day that you wake up living is a day worth going after what you want in life. You hear okay, that, Sandra? You. you hear that? Yes. Don't, I don't, mean, I don't. Like her. Anyway, I like her from the show. <laughs> she's chill. She don't like a lot of BS. I, I like her. And when I heard her on the radio, I'm like, I got to figure out how to call it at her. <laughs> okay. I have, well, I have to figure this out. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something, Sandra. I'm going to tell you something, Sandra. I'm going to slow you down before you say a word on my little show and they get me taken off the air. You know, I already said the word, that BS. We can't go no farther than that, okay? Now, Sandra, Sandra, listen to me now. You're special, okay? And there's a blessing. You have a daughter you can share this opportunity with. If you can get, you know, you already got the closing attorney. She's the real deal. That's Tiffany Halls, okay? So go out there and find that home. 
You know, it might be a little tight right now because home mortgages are inching up and they're doing that to slow down home purchases. You know, that's what they do when they inflation. They raise the interest rate. That's how they bring prices down because everything's available. It's kind of weird how they do it. They, they make you spend money so you can stop spending money. That's how inflation okay. works, the battle act. But it shouldn't stop you from going out there, taking your time. It doesn't have to be a big home, just a home that you love. But one thing for sure, yeah. I'm going to give you this advice. Whatever home you want to buy, go by there in the daytime, go by there at noon, go by there at night, go by there on the weekends, because your neighbors, what you can't pick is your neighbors. Once you buy that home, that's who you got on the left and the right and in front of you and behind you. So take your time. It might be a cute little house, but make sure who you living next to is somebody that you want to be next to. Is that correct, Tiffany? Got it. That is definitely correct because you cannot change your neighbor. Absolutely. Sandra, thank you for calling in. We're about to wrap up the show. And I appreciate you. You stay a fan of her, okay? Of hers, okay? Oh, yeah, I will. I I can't wait till the next show. Come on, when are they coming? She's on the own network. I appreciate you. Ladies who list Atlanta. Or Tiffany, I'll tell you something. We're wrapping up the show here. Yeah, and blew up my phone. People calling in want to know what's going on. That means that you bring something, some great quality to life. And I want to appreciate you for coming to my show. And I hopefully you come back. But this time you'll be in studio, oh, yeah, so we can have a lot of fun. Yes, sounds good to me. Just connect with me um, via email and let's make that happen. Okay, I appreciate you. And stay safe. Tell your husband hi for allowing me a few time in the afternoon. And your children, stay blessed. All right, Tiffany? All right, you too. I'll talk to you soon. Oh, definitely, definitely. And I want to tell everybody who listened to Money Making Conversation, again, Sandra called in on the show about age. We let we allow that limit. It limits us so much in what we want to do in our lives. We get 30, we think we not a, not in, in, we're not inspired to do anything. 40, we start regretting our life. 50, we're trying to run to retirement. There's no such thing. To, there's nothing to run to. Look in the mirror, everybody. You can be whatever you want to be as long as you want to put forth the effort to be that person that you want to be. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm a host of Money Making Conversations Masterclass. See you next week. I'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Always remember to lead with your gifts. Money Making Conversations Masterclass is a presentation of 3815 Media Incorporated. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. This week I sat down with veteran Hollywood movie producer and former music executive James Lopez. James talked about going from working on the job he enjoyed to discovering his true gifts. To be involved in film and television, there was no examples for us. I had no idea what a producer did. I didn't know that there were people behind the scenes, predominantly Caucasian. So I just took the natural route into music. Right. Because there were right. several examples that we as black men could point to. And then getting involved in soundtracks mm-hmm. in the music business, I started interacting with studio executives and producers. And then I started to get exposed to the possibilities of where, I'm, where I wanted my life to go. If you want to listen to this full interview with James Lopez, it's available on moneymakingconversations.com.